Here we are. Here we are. We're back again. It is. It's. It's been two years. Two, two years. It has literally been two years yeah. since we've last been here. There must be a Star Wars movie out. <laughs> well, uh, you did have a little side project. I did. I did. Uh, uh, you know, loyal listeners. Uh, between the last episode and now, I have uh, fulfilled my biological imperative and implanted <laughs> my mighty seed in a willing host. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> uh, no, I, I have uh, I have become a father, which yeah. is uh, which is quite the uh, quite the experience. You have and reproduced, yes, and is uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a time sink. Yeah, I indeed. Think they, I think they uh, they call it. Um, so we we thought about doing a like a best of an mm. annual, if you will, last year, but uh, the little progeny was. Barely three months old, and it was just not really. Feasible. Yeah, and you were also whoring your equipment out like the cheap, dirty whore that you are to other that, people's yes. podcasts. So that there is was true. that. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, hmm. but here we are, <laughs> back, back in, in the beautifully remodeled and the, the new relocated yeah. Nakatomi Ballroom, There's which is which is appropriate as as should be. Die Hard has finally been officially added. To the list of Christmas films. Well, it is, and it's straight after Love Actually. Yeah. So it's it's, and there will be a Love Actually Die Hard marathon, if you would call watching two movies back to back a marathon. <laughs> I guess I'm over forty, so yes, I must yeah, admit, definitely a marathon. Staying awake for two movies in a row—that's a fucking marathon, all right. Yes. Um, but oh, well, I should just get one thing out of the way because it has been a while. Cunt. I know. And <laughs> feel the need to say the word cunt. There we go. And, <laughs> and, and we're right back, and it's like a comfortable old pair of shoes, it folks. Is. I was recently, uh, recently with a group of uh, new friends, and so at, uh, over a weekend, and one of them did make the comment that I think I've heard the word "cunt" more times this weekend than I have in my entire forty years on the planet. I went, "You're welcome." What a soft cunt! <laughs> it's such a soft cunt, really. So I was going to say, um, so we'll we'll be back to to just. Just dive on in, really, to yeah. to what we used to do and what we should do, and and hopefully he's hoping that we're able to make this a back to being a quasi regular thing. Yeah. Noting, of course, you've still one year old, is still you know. Yeah, but my my ability to see movies is a little, uh, especially diminished. especially legally. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yes. and there's certain there's a problem with that, but we'll we'll work it around. We'll do our best, and and. Believe me, as as you know, I, I am well aware of what a time sink children are. I mean, yeah. especially even fucking teenagers. Oh, Try and get yeah, rid of those sons of bitches. Totally looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? A couple never looked at each other one day lovingly and said, "Let's get married <laughs> and have a teenager." No, never. Oh. So, so, so what we're hoping to to do today? Obviously, we're we're here to talk about the Last Jedi, um, the most recent uh, of the canonical. Uh, what's the? Well, they're calling it the Skywalker Saga. The Skywalker Saga, yeah. excellent. Uh, so we are Cox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are recording this on the on the day of release mm-hmm. on the Thursday. Um, hopefully, it won't be too long. Hopefully, you guys are listening to this on maybe the Thursday, maybe even on the weekend. But within the opening window, mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll be reviewing it later in depth. But. Let me just be absolutely clear from the outset, and we will tell you again at the time, 
there will be spoilers. Oh, we will we will not be sparing the rod. I am going to be merciless <laughs> with how I'm going to spoil the shit out of this fucking movie, man. So um, so watch it. So if you haven't seen it, stop this podcast right now. Go and watch it and then uh, come back and pick it up. Yes. Um, unless, of course, you're, I don't know, a listener in Beijing who has to wait until January. Yeah. You poor cunt. Yeah. For 5th of January, I think. They I, have know, to, I know. Surprised it's even getting a release over there. They don't, you know... Yeah, it hasn't really been tweaked for uh, Chinese audiences. <laughs> There's no ability for product placement of Chinese brands. No. No, no, no. Though I'm pretty sure on one of the back of the Star Destroyers, it did have... Oh, I was about to say Sony. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That shows how little... China, well, pretty much Chinese brands are, are every brand, aren't they? Yeah. Is, it, is it made in yeah. the USA a Chinese brand? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. But so, unfortunately, we also have to... Well, not unfortunately, but we also need to remind our gentle listeners about what's going on in Hollywood and yeah so so obviously in loyal listeners will know we'd usually come to the table with a couple of of news items mm-hmm. um, we've been away for a while um, so we're not going to cover everything that's happened in the past past two years no and I'll, I'll be honest I was thinking about this this morning I'm really glad we weren't podcasting last year because it would have been a never-ending fucking parade of sadness yes you know the Native Americans talk about the trail of tears yeah <laughs> Amateurs. amateurs what do they fucking know i mean <laughs> we the people we fucking lost yeah you know yeah and we didn't even have small smallpox laden blankets to blame for it and we and the people and the person well orange 45 who we gained uh, anyway yeah. but this is yeah, not on, a political on, show on, on, yes. <laughs> on the upside prince and david bowie did not have to live in a donald trump world <laughs> so really who's who's yeah. better off who's better yeah um so yeah, so so, but a couple of the big news items that we thought we'd uh, we'd touch on, have a bit of a chat about. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are actually happened quite quite recently. Mm. Um, yeah, well, we are nothing if not current. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the big one, and let's just jump right into it. Yep. News theme. Yeah, 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 that's right. News theme. Oh, we have music in this show. Yeah, that's right. Um, the how, well, what do you refer to it as? The, the Weinstein uh, scandal, the Weinstein situation, the yeah, the the utter the, utter fucking abysmal mess that is Hollywood at the moment. Yeah, um, just you know, person after person, some of them quite beloved, who are getting rightfully. Uh, yes called to task for their abysmal and appalling abuses of power. I, I couldn't have put it better myself. Cunts. Cunts. For being yeah. cunts. I've actually got a list here of, of 12 names who, who aren't Weinstein of, yeah. the most, of the most recent allegations. It's and, friggin' frightening. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, Weinstein kind of started the ball rolling, so, it's, mm. so rightfully or wrongfully, he's going to be labelled with this evermore. Um, well, would would it become Weinstein Gate? I don't like calling things Gate. No, because that's shit. <laughs> yeah, it's la- it's lazy journalism, Matt, and it I won't is. stand for it. Um, but yeah, like we've Post? seen we've seen some very very big names toppled. Um, Louis C.K. Mm. was a bit of a holy shit. Yeah, um, I mean the big one though, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, that's harsh. And I mean, I'll I'll be honest when it when it happened. 
I was probably like most, well, maybe maybe not most, maybe I'm in the minority, but I, you know, I tried to play it off as maybe not as big a deal as it was, just because I'm I'm such a fan, and that's and understandable, but it's it's becoming more and more apparent that he is a fucking predatory monster. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, and and also since we're talking about initial reactions, my and I still hold this to a certain degree, um, but uh, the my initial thoughts were, holy shit, this is a bit of a trial by media. This is a trial by public opinion. Hang on a second, it's very easy for some person to get caught up here who's who's nothing's happened to them, and and I still hold that to some degree. I I, I struggle to remember her name, but there was a. Uh, an author or an author journal uh, who wrote an article uh, something akin to she'd be very happy if a hundred innocent men went to jail provided we got one guilty person which I thought was very magnanimous of her because she wouldn't be the one paying the penalty but having said that um, we have a platform now a social media platform that people now are starting to feel very comfortable and and quite rightly so feeling comfortable to be able to share their opinions share and share their experiences. And I think it's worthwhile that while we do live in a society of laws and people should probably stand trial and in, in, in face their accuser and, and, and have a statement of facts read, in some of these instances, it, you, I think we possibly need to go to an extreme first before it starts to even out. Yeah, and it's, it's a... It's... it's, it's it's a quandary in a lot of ways. I mean, quandary is not not necessarily the right word. I mean, I'm a I'm a firm believer in the concept of, of innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time, they, you know, it's you can't hold to that and still, you know, believe the victims. Like you, you, yeah. you want to believe the victims, and while it might seem it's you know it's it's he said he said she said. I guess that the the onus has to be almost to prove that you didn't at this stage. I think so, and and uh, it's certainly. I mean, there are some instances, and I've even mentioned them uh, privately and publicly. There are some instances where I think, oh, it was, well, hang on a second, we're accusing somebody of sexual harassment here, or or, or worse, assault. Um, and and I only say worse in the grand scheme of things. When potentially it could have just been somebody's read the signals wrong and yeah. made a pass. Made, now, made a pass that was unwanted. I don't think Kevin Spacey Re- made a pass that was unwanted. No. I think he's... <laughs> no, you know, but, but, you know if, if, but I mean, if you... And again, I'm in no way trying to victim victim blame. But if, you know, if you're in a situation, you read the situation wrong, you know, maybe you, you grab a girl on the ass because you think that's what she wants. Suddenly you're a... You're a predator. True. And I mean, I can understand the argument to that being, well, no, you should never grab a girl by the ass. But at the same time, um, if you've re- there have been occasions, certainly in my life, not, not, not ass grabbing, but certainly in my life where I've spoken to, to women afterwards and they've said, I was actually just waiting for you to kiss me. And so, well, what, what, hang on, what, hang on a second. How, how did that happen? And they've yeah. said, you know, how did you, how did you not see the sign? So, I'm not, uh, and I, I actually I'm very tired. I'm not going to. I'm I'm just about to say I'm, I'm obviously I'm not going to victim blame blah, blah blah. I'm actually quite tired of having to excuse, having to make excuses for speaking frankly and openly about something. I'm not in any instance or any way, shape, or form condoning an aggressive, 
predatorial sexual harassment, sexual uh, hot assault um, in any way, shape or form. I'm not condoning that. And if, and if my words and somehow make you feel that that's the case, then you're obviously not listening properly. My concern is, as I mentioned before, is that there's, there's a mechanism involved. We live in a society of laws. We have a mechanism involved where people uh, can face their accuser and or the the perpetrator and have um, them them try, well, I don't want to say tried in court but have their day in court. Where I think the problem exists is that, especially with dealing with such powerful people as the Weinstein's, the Kevin Spacey's, and whatnot, people have felt that they would never be believed. Or worse, people will just brush it off and say, "Oh, that was just how Harvey is." Just make sure you're not in a, lo- a room alone with Harvey, which is unacceptable. And so, in actual fact, it's not so much that um, we shouldn't be trying these people in a court of public opinion. I think it's actually come to the the, 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 the point where there is actually no place for them to be tried because we're not believing people when they come out and say, um, Harvey Weinstein stuck his hand on my leg or he told me he wanted to masturbate in front of me. I think it was Louis C.K. who did that. Um, and there's no... So, with, with this moment... Of, of time, this moment of, of which would unfortunately will go down in history, this moment of infamy, um, we are potentially going to see some fairly mixed messages, mixed signals uh, across the board. But ultimately, these people, CK, Louis CK admitted it. Mm. Kevin Spacey just said he was gay. Um, Harvey Weinstein admitted it and pleaded for help. Like, I think people are now, these accused people are going to step up and have to basically acquiesce to the fact that they've been caught out mm. it's bullshit boorish behavior yeah um you know and and let's just make sure though that we don't catch people who you know we don't we don't decide to go after an 86 year old man who called you sugar tits in the 50s yes. as abhorrent as it is by today's standards yes calling someone sugar tits in the 50s if I can use that for expression, probably wasn't a, as capital a crime as no. it is saying, you know, yeah. watch me jerk off in my hotel room. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a bad scene, whichever way you uh, whichever way you slice it. There's no, uh, yeah. If if there's good that comes out of it, it's it's that that women and and men too. I mean, look at Terry Crews. Um, exactly uh, right. And Terry Crews should be held up as a as an absolute example of of. The fact that it can happen to anyone, and we should actually listen to these people. Yes, yeah. So, if yeah, if, if there's any silver lining for for want of a better expression, yeah. it's that the people who are who have been in these situations are feeling more like they're able to 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 speak out about it, that they're able to to be heard, mm. and. Uh, and some of these things, they're not just they're not just little instances. They're not a past gone wrong, and 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 a, a, you know, which which of course, as as I, I sound like I'm backtracking, but I'm not. Go back and listen. But I mean, we've got Ed Wistwick, for example, who was one of the leads in Gossip Girl, has now moved on. There's three rape allegations. Like, yeah, that, that that's beyond. Hey, sugar tits, want to come back to my room? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Jeffrey Tambor, for Christ's sake! I mean, Jeffrey Tambor yeah. is being chucked off Transparent. His character is going to be killed off because there's. I mean, it's great to see that the networks are taking some sort of initiative here and saying, um, "Listen, while there's another, even if there's a shred of truth to this, or while there is a shred of truth to this, we're not going to put you on our television screens. Well, we're not going to tolerate your behaviour." House of Cards. 
Spacey's yep. done. Boom, he's done. Eighth season will be the final one, and Robin Wright will be the lead. Yeah. And he's gone. <laughs> Jeremy Piven, who was in a fairly shit show anyway, like yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised CBS are axing it, not to make light of it, but four women have accused him of sexual harassment and assault. I mean, that's. It goes beyond. And now we've got a possibility, a very real possibility, that Casey Affleck, who settled yep. two sexual um, harassment claims, which when you when you do delve into them, sort of really land more on the side of just boorish, vulgar, crappy, frat boy behaviour, mm. um, is going to be presenting the Best Actress Oscar <laughs> this year, yeah. this coming year. Um, now, it's an interesting one, and this is, again... You can tell yourself I've been nuts with this, but I must admit, if a case is, if you've, a, a settled case doesn't necessarily mean guilt, it doesn't necessarily mean innocence, but it does mean that parties have sat together in a room, with usually with legal representation, mm. and hammered out a deal. Yeah. And I'm almost of the mind to say that, well, somebody's had their chance for a day in court in that instance. And I'm not saying, well, they've been taken hush money and whatnot. But you've got to, what, I mean, after how, many, how long is it before a drink driving charge is taken off your, like, yeah. you know, at some point, is there, is there, I put it to you, I put it to the listeners, is there some point where we've got to say, okay, 10 years ago I was a fuckwit, I've made amends, I dealt with it, and now I've moved on with my life, and yeah. so has that person. Or or are, are these kind of crimes, yeah. these kinds of instances, so abhorrent that there is no well, that's just no it. coming I mean, back. It's the Chris Brown effect. Yeah, I mean, at some point he's he's atoned for the fact that he's, he speaks out against violence against women. He's a huge advocate for it. He's fucked up and blah blah blah. But everybody but still thinks he's still he's a, a piece of shit. Piece of to shit to beat the fuck out of a woman, <laughs> and that's exactly I mean, what he did. You know, so so and, it's an interesting and interesting there's a, scenario. and it's without wanting to get on too much of a sidetrack because we we do want to move on and this this not to be a two hour show about fucking monsters, um, <laughs> but. At what stage, like, I, th- I thought about it with Bill Cosby, mm. right? No one doubts that Bill Cosby is guilty as fuck yep. at this stage, surely. How do you separate someone's work from what you later then found out that he was? The Bill Cosby was an iconic... We wouldn't have stand-up comedy in the way we know it if it wasn't for Bill Cosby. Correct. Now we find out he is a fucking monster. Yeah. How do you then view his back catalogue? How do you listen to a you know, timey kangaroo downspot without you know without <laughs> yeah, thinking? Exactly. Well, Rolf Harris exactly you know, assaulted, raped a bunch of women. Yeah. And How do you watch a Kevin Spacey film now? Well, that's without, exactly right. That's exactly without, right. Oh, well, that's right. That guy is possibly a fucking pedophile. People have been doing it for years though with Roman Polanski. Because yeah. let's not forget, he still still stands accused of drugging and sodomizing a thirteen year old girl. Yeah, um, on Jack Nicholson's couch, no less. Yeah, <laughs> like, but yeah, Woody Allen has had a cloud over him for a long time. Now, you sort of again, we've, we the world likes to live in sound bites at the moment, and I think if you do a little bit of digging into some of these cases, not all of them, you do into some of these cases, you get gain a little bit of perspective, but. You, how can you? I heard I heard somebody doing an impression the other day of Kevin Spacey's voice, and it was a spot on impression, and it just felt odd. Like I've seen this guy in person, I've seen him on stage. Like it was one of the highlights of my life was to watch this guy perform on stage in front of me. Now it's forever like, oh, fuck. 
I really love the usual suspects. <laughs> like it's yeah, fucked. I mean, like, you know. And Brett Ratner for fuck's sake. Or uh, Brian Singer. Brian Singer's Brian another Singer. Brett Ratner's another one who's been fucking Yeah. You know, um what uh, what do you do? Yeah. I I'm it's appalling that it's that I, I mean, in the case of Weinstein, for example, I can I can almost look past not what he did. <laughs> But Weinstein, the Weinstein Company, Miramax and whatnot, is not just him. No. It was a team of people that was something put together. So I don't think that we should all march into the streets Milli Vanilli style and burn every Miramax fucking movie ever yeah. made. Or Roman, oh, maybe a Roman Polanski film. But yeah, in the case of maybe Woody Allen, if you, if you decide to believe the charges or not, mm. Roman Polanski, again, he's kind of pretty much admitted that, yeah, I did do it, but yeah. I don't think it was a crime. Yeah. It's so, a it's a horrible state of affairs, and Bill Cosby has maintained his innocence. And the worst thing about Bill Cosby, apart from uh, one of the apart worst, from the raping, yeah, <laughs> one of the worst one of the worst aspects of Bill Cosby is he held himself up to be this paragon, and he yeah. wasn't. He was a fucking piece of dog shit. Yeah, like yeah. holy yeah, crap. Yeah, I'm the beacon of you know. Let I, I will help make the black community better. Okay, and not to I'm not definitely not turning this into a white black thing by any stretch of the imagination. But Martin Luther King wasn't exactly a nice person either to women, and neither was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Like these people are, you know, it's I, I appreciate human beings don't like complexity. This yeah. is our problem. We don't like complexity, yet we accept it within ourselves, but we don't like it in other people. We don't want complexity in our politicians. We want them to be paragons of virtue. Yet we know full well they can't possibly be. No. For, could could you? I mean, there's no way in the world that in the 200 odd year of, of Australian Federation, years of Australian Federation, there has not been a crossdresser that's been in the lodge. There just hasn't. Look, my my money's on Abbott, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know, or they've been up to some freaky deaky shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, main, main question: Talk to any prosy in bloody Fishwick and he, of de, of decent repute, and yeah. um, they'll tell you some they, some of their best places uh, oh. to get some cocaine of you know politicians. Yeah, it, it's the when when uh, when the circus is in town, <laughs> it's the busiest time of year. Yeah, um, you know, but we don't want that as people. No, as a general rule, we don't want that. We don't want complexity in our actors. We don't want complexity in our um, people. But we're quite happy to have complexity in ourselves. I I don't beat women. But I have met people who have quite happily championed the cause of White Ribbon Day and then gone home and slapped their wife around because they don't actually perceive what they're doing as a wrong thing. Yeah. And this is the predatory, horrific nature of what's what's happening now. Weinstein prob- was, was spent his entire life being a fat, ugly fuck who probably never got anywhere in life with the exception of having money and influence and power. Now suddenly thinks, ah, she wants to be in my movie. She better blow me. And it works. And next of go, he just keeps going and going and going. It's appalling. It's abhorrent. But it's a, it's a layer of complexity that we as human beings don't want in other people and yet are quite happy to have within ourselves. I'm pretty sure he, could, he was quite happy to justify that because he gave actress A her career. She blew him. She got a career. He got yeah. a blowjob. It was, it, was it was a transactional exchange. You know, but yes. It's like some women who would who potentially potentially make their current partner pay for the crimes of previous partners. He could very well have made every woman that came across his desk, so to speak, or whatever, pay for the times when he was rejected or humiliated or demoralized. And this is a sickness. This is a but it is a complexity that people don't want. 
and that's not excusing it by any stretch of imagination, no. but we, d- we clearly don't want complexity in anybody, but we're quite happy to accept it in ourselves. We're, we're paradoxes. Cognitive dissonance. So, Fox and Disney. Holy yes, shit. Yes, that's a... <laughs> what a segue. And that's what you get, folks. A, a couple of Pricks podcasts, amazing segues. Yeah. Hard, <laughs> hard-hitting, deep, you know, deep, incisive. thoughtful, insightful. Incisive. And then, you know... Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised we didn't try and put a uh, segue with a dick joke. <laughs> we are sitting with microphones pressed well and firmly against us. Yeah, and, and I, I do appreciate the way that... When I'm speaking, you turn your mic down so you can fillet it. <laughs> well, courtesy. Yeah, because no, no one wants to hear it because you are a sloppy fillator, which is one of the things I love about it. <laughs> the sloppier, the better. Um, but yeah. Fox and uh, Disney. Fox and Disney. If this um, goes ahead, holy shit. What do you got? Um, re- really just that. It's, it's So 20th Century Fox is divesting itself of its movie business and by all accounts... By the time this hits the hits the streets, hits the air, hits the net, hits the waves, hits the, your ear pussies, the deal would have been done. Yep. And Disney, who is already a fucking behemoth, will have become even behemother. And that's a word, folks. That is a word. Look it up in your special limited edition, couple of freaks edition of the Oxford English Dictionary, available <laughs> exclusively just in time for Christmas. At a couple of pricks.com. Um, so I had I did a bit of digging about this. I thought I'd throw some numbers at you, and and by numbers I mean one, sixty-eight billion dollars is potentially what this is worth. Fuck me, and we and we thought four billion for Lucasfilm was mad cash. Well, four billion for Lucasfilm, which they made back in two movies. Yes. So yes, <laughs> people thought that was a waste of money. So as I understand it, and I did, again I did some digging because I wasn't a hundred percent sure of how it all went, but. Uh, the Murdoch. So Disney's going to basically take everything. The Murdochs are going to hang on to Fox Broadcasting Company and Fox News, which is still sadly the most watched cable news network, which is stunning. Fair and balanced, uh, Matt. Fair uh, and, balanced. Fair. <laughs> um, and sports cable networks, FS1 and FS2, and they're going to form a smaller TV company, which basically means that Disney will now owned somewhere that well disney between marvel lucasfilm pixar live action disney remakes um and 3d computer animation and whatnot um now they're going to have the four avatar sequels which if they even remotely i mean you love them or hate them that move that first movie highest two billion dollars um there's going to be four of those the multitude of the X Men universe and other Frox franchises. Alien is um, going to be one of them. Um, Deadpool, like usually mm-hmm. Disney stay away from hard R, so they may just keep Fox as itself and just yep. show me the money. Yep. Um, they're, this, they're going to be the most dominant movie studio we've se- ever seen since the early days of Hollywood. Oh, it's. it's I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of amazed they've been allowed to do it um, in terms of Monopoly. Um, I mean, the reason they weren't able to buy the sports is that they own it. Disney owns ESPN. Yes. And they weren't able to buy the broadcasting because they own the ABC network in the US. It's... So, but it's well, just going to be... It's going to be monstrous. It's... it's, uh, And, they, I mean, 
I don't I don't mean to tell Disney what to do, though I have on many occasion re-released the original re-released the original Star Wars untouched on Blu-ray. Well, that's that can happen. Exactly. Once this deal goes through, yep. because for for listeners who may not be as in tune with the minutiae of Hollywood as, as your esteemed hosts, Fox owns the rights to the original Star Wars episode yep. 4. They own the distribution rights to that. Mm-hmm. And it's always been suggested that the reason that we've never got an original uncut trilogy and we've only had the special editions is because a deal could never be made with Fox. Now that these are all under the one the one roof in the House of Mouse, who knows? Oh, it would be it would be very smart money. Um, not that they need to worry about it, but and another thing too, Disney owns twenty percent of Vice News, which is a fairly hard hitting, edgy sort of whatnot. Fox owns another twenty percent. As soon as Disney acquires this, they're going to get forty percent of Vice dot com. That's huge. Yeah, like we potentially stand on the precipice of an entertainment company almost dictating twenty four hours of our life. Every, in every single way. They're entertaining us. They're potentially going to inform us. I mean, what happens when Vice decides to run... Uh, An anti-Disney story. Exactly. Decides to run the seedier side of Disney World with its its horrible, you know, its cocaine and heroin trafficking. Mm. And Disney says, oh, no, you're not allowed to. Now, I can't ever imagine one person sitting atop the entire media chain. I think they will have a board. They will have... The, and, and if mm. they're smart, the acquisition of Fox will... Uh, will also include the acquisition of the executives running it now because yeah. Fox was not Fox was making money yes. and it was making a lot of money and it was making some very very smart decisions so one would hope that when Disney acquires it it's going to be a dollar thing it's, Fox is now going to become a line item in their budget yeah. rather than by the way now yeah. Deadpool's going to be PG-13 yeah I I don't think, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think there's anyone at Disney that's that dumb. No. Um, particularly with the money that Deadpool made yep. for the very, very small amount that Deadpool cost. Exactly. It was incredibly profitable. They would be they would be fools to, to mess with that. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Well, the, the exciting does, thing yeah. for, for, I guess, fans of the Marvel universe is all those Marvel properties that will now be owned by Disney and presumably will then fall back into Marvel. Yeah. So do we see the X-Men universe slowly start to become part of the Marvel Avengers universe? Well, one can only hope because, I mean, let's face it, Kevin Feige is essentially, I mean, everyone knows Kevin Feige is the Marvel guru. He is responsible for five of the 15 highest grossing, grossing films of all time. He is responsible for that. Yeah. So now you start giving that money, that time, that that uh, that freedom, those characters back to him, back to the people that that are are dedicated and put the love into these characters. You may actually see a fantastic fourth film worth watching. Hmm. Yeah, it, it it could be uh, it could be yeah, the idea of a good fantastic four film. That's you know that's yeah. a it's a. It's a dream. Well, right now you'd rather have Harvey Weinstein around for a family dinner than watch a Fantastic Four film. It would be slightly less awkward. <laughs> hey, Harvey, how's it hanging? <laughs> so yeah, no, but but the uh, yeah having those those films back, uh, well not back, but having those films as part of the of the the Marvel universe is is potentially exciting. Uh, and people are saying that's why they haven't announced anything in Phase Four yet because they're holding off for this deal. Yep. And then going to push through with whatever f- happens after Infinity War. Um, but the big takeaway is 
that I think officially you have to now consider Ellen Ripley a Disney princess. <laughs> That's important. That's important. <laughs> I do love some Ellen Ripley. <laughs> oh, moving right along. Hey, I've got something for you. The Emmys, we all love an award show. We all love an Absolutely. award show. I love them. Huge award show fan. Apparently, there's some new Emmy categories. Oh, really? And well, kind of. Basically, what they've done is they've expanded on, they've changed a few names of some of their categories to make it a little bit clearer. So from next September, for example, the Outstanding Variety Special and Special Class categories has been changed to Outstanding Variety Special Live and Outstanding Variety Special Pre-Recorded, which means you're not putting the Tonys up against the Oscars. Which is what used to happen. Remember, you put those. So mm-hmm. you put the have the you'd have the Oscars, you'd have the Tony yeah. Awards and whatnot. Well, the Tonys are live. The Oscars are pre-recorded. Hmm. So there you go. Does it does that then sort of open up? Uh, I guess more more freedom for things like Grease Live, perhaps to, to get into play. Perhaps, perhaps, which they shouldn't. But well, as long as it's not Grease Two, that's fine. I guess <laughs> Grease Two Live. Um, <laughs> costumes, for example, costumes yeah. for period fantasy limited series and movie are now split into two categories, periods, costumes, and outstanding sci-fi and costumes. So what, mm. what they've done, and, and there's a couple of others, but I won't bother going through them, but basically what this means is that, A, there are far too many categories anyway. M- m- people may not know, the Emmys are actually awarded over three nights. They have the technical awards, yep. they have the primetime Emmys, and then they have the Emmys, which we usually... Yeah, the, the daytime Emmys. The yeah. daytime Emmys. So... They've now expanded that, but what we should not see, which is what we've got this year, I think actually this is the Golden Globes, so I'll, I'll actually retract what I'm about to say, but what you shouldn't see is like what happens in the Golden Globes when The Martian gets nominated in For Best, Best Comedy. Comedy. Yeah. Um, so that's actually, I just thought that would be a nice yeah. little interstitial, yeah. a little interesting yeah. thing. They've tried to clarify the yeah. Emmys a little bit more. Um, and Hopefully we, they'll get a decent host. Uh, there's always, you know, we, well... I'm, I'm sure Tina Fey and Amy Poehler would jump at the chance. <laughs> and frankly, if it's not Neil Patrick Harris, those two ladies should host everything. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave that alone because I do know you like the Neil Pat- NPH. I'm a big NPH fan. I know you do love yourself some NPH. I, on the other hand, do not. J.J. Abrams, though, however, huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Yes, that's it. And you're just—it's—it's it's light, you know. We talked about this being like a like a, a, a well worn shoe. Yeah, that I don't think that metaphor fits anymore. That was great. That was that was pretty. I think good, it's. Too, it? I think that metaphor does not sufficiently express the ease in which we. Of course, now you fucked up a perfectly good segue by spending time sucking my dick. But about I'm, I'm, about the segue, I'm, 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 we went meta on you, folks. We, we went, went meta. meta. So JJ Abrams loving NPH and Quentin Tarantino. But yeah, which is funny. Leads us into the, the next news story. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has said that he would be very interested in directing a Star Trek film. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, everything is being fast-tracked to make this happen. Absolutely. Now, this is not... Tarantino has gone on record many times as saying he wants to write and direct 10 films and then stop. Yep. My understanding is this Star Trek film will not be written by him. It'll be story by him. It'll be story by him and he will direct. So this will fall outside of the Tarantino-verse. It's called the Kevin Smith loophole. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So this this is very exciting. And he said it's an R-rated Star Trek film. Now, 
so okay so apparently this is it's still sources say there's still not it's not confirmed yet i did a little bit digging still for sources say that apparently they've got a a writing room together um because qt has already decided to make his next film with sony so he's given miramax the ass yeah probably quite rightly so and his next film's going to be about la in the time of the manson murders yes He's got trying to get Margot Robbie to play play Sharon Tate, I think. Yeah, possibly even Tom Cruise might get a Guernsey in this one. I don't know. Um, so we've got Tarantino, who's allegedly pitched uh, an idea to JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams, who's prepping episode nine, um, is probably shitting himself after watching episode eight. How the <laughs> um, fuck do I follow that? Uh, so just a, a, a head spoiler for our yeah. review. Um, so. So, yeah, as you said, he's only doing 10 films. My, I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan. My bona fides in this this regard are well documented. But I'm actually not gelling with this idea. I think Quentin Tarantino will bump hard against Paramount. I think their established way of doing things will prevent him from being able to QT it. I don't believe Paramount will be able to let it go. And this is the same sort of thing that happened when he wanted to do James Bond. You they think they're they're too protective the, of their of their golden calf? Well, and this is exactly and the and the also the other interesting point here is an R-rated Star Trek. A, do we need one? And B, um, will Paramount let it happen? Yeah, and is is there any? I like an R-rated film. Yep, when it's contextually appropriate. Yes, I don't need you know. Three Vulcans pointing phases at each other, calling themselves motherfuckers. No. To me, that is not a Star Trek film. Yeah, Klingon motherfucker, do you speak it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, while I... Th- yeah, again, I like the idea a lot. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, now that you've raised those concerns, I, I have it. Interestingly, Patrick Stewart has said that that is the only instance in which he will play Picard again. Yep. Um, and yeah, apparently, again, sources say that Tarantino's story arc is a time travel mm. thing, whether he's like looking at remaking, I think, City on the Edge of Forever, one of those like classic old-time time mm. travel Star Trek stories. Yep. It could be interesting. It could be... Yeah, but whether or not Paramount will, yeah, as, you, as you say, whether, whether they will let their one of their marquee franchises... Well, it's dangerous... It's dangerous. I mean, Tarantino we a long time ago said he'd be interested in a Star Wars thing. And everyone goes, oh man, Star Wars. Could you imagine Jedi with current Tarantino? Actually, no, it's a little bit frightening. Yeah. Because it's ev- everything that Tarantino is, yeah. is everything that Star Trek isn't. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, the other thing there, and, and he had an opportunity with Bond because he wanted to make an out-of-canon Bond, like they did with the very original Casino Royale, mm. and even then, Barbara Broccoli and and Aeon Productions, I think it was, said no. We, we can't. MGM at the time said no. We can't. We can't do it. This is Bond. We can't have a chance. And I, this is where I agree. We can't have a chance where fifteen-year-old, uh, thirteen-year-old Tommy is going to be sitting at home. He's going to put in Star Trek, and then he's going to put in Star Trek Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond, and then um, Star Fiction, mm. <laughs> and suddenly see. Holy, you know, Jesus, Mama, like, why, why is Aurora doing coke off fucking <laughs> off Spock's cock? Like, we just don't need it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's it's an interesting concept. Whether or not it actually plays out is going to be is going to be anyone's guess. But presumably, it will happen after the summer of '69 film or whatever it is that he's he's doing yeah. about uh, not about but around Manson. Around, yeah. 
the murder he, spree period. Yeah. And he also said that his neck, after he did uh, The Hateful Eight, I believe he said that his next movie was going to be an Australian Western. Oh, uh, interesting. He was going to do a movie... Um, With his abysmal Australian accent. Oh, that... Folks, watch, uh, watch Django. The worst fucking Australian accent you have ever heard. Right. It is... I think he even made John Jarrett sound terrible as yeah. well. So it's, it's bad. But no, apparently it was a, a, the idea was an Australian Western... <laughs> Um, you know, with with Aboriginal trackers and okay, so, yeah. yeah. Hang on, it could be uh, could be interesting, but yeah, we'll see what he uh, what he does. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, now I know you've tapped out of this show, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I think you've given up on it. So I this have? show's trash. Well, apparently, according to my headline here that I came up with all by my very lonesome, The Walking Dead's dead dead ratings walking. Lot funnier in print folks a lot funnier in print the much hyped unveiling of the coming death of a core character in the mid-season finale the walking dead did nothing to stem the bleeding ratings the walking dead the last walking dead of 2017 in the season eight mid-season finale was the lowest rated mid-season finale to date uh, among its vital 18 to 49 demographic and the year to year the season eight mid-season was down thirty four percent from the season seven mid season. Yeah, it's it's lost its way, and I'm I'm sticking with it because I still like it. Yeah. Um, well, after eight seasons, you're <clears> kind of pot committed. Well, now I'm, you know, I almost have to, but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, the introduction of Negan was was well and truly anticipated as a fantastic uh, addition, but it's it's not panned out and. It's I, not for Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think he's doing a great hmm. job, but it's not panned out. No. Negan's boring as batshit. Yeah. And I, I gave up <laughs> on it when it started being a show that was seeming to go after shock value and, yep. you know, what you what you used to call water cooler talk, which is now yep. social media talk instead of instead of plot. Yep. And and frankly that was what happened in the not the last season, but the season before that of Game of Thrones. It started losing its way a little bit yeah. to be, oh my fucking God, what are they going to do next? As opposed to, we're just going to tell this story. Yeah. And which, which they thankfully picked up with the, the most recent season um, as, they, as they rushed to the climax. But Yeah, it's, I mean, Game of Thrones is suffering a little bit from that. But um, yeah, not so much as Walking Dead is. Walking Dead is, is severely suffering. The, the, the problem is as well is all the events that have transpired have transpired in the comics like there were shocking moments in the comics and I think what we're finding is that Negan does not translate well from the comic to the big screen because he is a sweary motherfucker in the comics well and it's not yes absolutely absolutely Every, everything is, he's, he's never met a swear word he doesn't like and you can see an alternate cut of his introduction where he, he swears the shit out of the place but it's not just that. It's that in a comic book, he's larger than life and you're, you're accepting that conceit. In real life, it starts to challenge your real life, excuse me. But in the, on the TV screen, it challenges your very belief that somebody somewhere hasn't just put a bullet in his fucking head. Like it, it just, in the comic, you know, the things he does, the, the way he treats people, the way he keeps, all he does is just have a baseball bat and, a, and with some barbed wire around it, walking around with people with guns. And at some point, somewhere along the line, someone's going to go, you know what, fuck this guy, and pop a cap in his ass and say, now guess what, motherfuckers, I'm Negan. 
And that's what the problem is with a television show. I'm listening to him going, oh. And in fact, recent in the most recent episode, there is a line where Rick says to him, Jesus, do you ever shut up? Like it's because he's just nonstop talking and it's too much. It's yep. too much. It's just not good. And I'm utterly unsurprised. So I wouldn't mind saying that the upcoming season nine will be its final season. Right. It might see 10 if we're lucky. Yeah. Do you, you think know. it will, it will, do you think it will give itself a conclusion? I don't think so. I think Robert Kirkman, the uh, the author and creator of the comic, has said uh, time and time again, "You'll never, as far as he's concerned in the comic, there's you'll never, never going to be a happy end." Yeah, you'll never find the reason why there was a zombie apocalypse. You'll never find anything uh, along that. You won't have any answers. Things will not be wrapped up in a bow. There may be an ending, but it's not going to be a wrapped up in a bow. Everyone's not so much happy, but everyone's will be satisfied ending. It could so, very well see, just be so ending. season nine slash ten ends when Rick dies. Could be. Could very well be it, you know, yeah. or yeah, it, 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 unlikely it'll end on a cliffhanger. I think the AMC is smart enough to you know don't don't do that. But uh, a show that's been running this is the the curse, of course. A show that's been running this long, how do you ever have a proper finale where everyone gets what they want? Mm. You can't you possibly can't. have it. I mean, TV shows like Frasier, Mash. Uh, I mean, they, some of them have had uh, Mash, especially has had one of the best finales of all time, but there's still a shitload of unanswered questions from that. So, you know, it goes from there. All right. Have have you any more news, sir? I have no more news, but um, I do have some TV shows and stuff that we're looking forward to. Oh, excellent. Um, something I mentioned a little while ago, a TV show called Altered Carbon, which is coming up on Netflix. Now, um, I cannot, I, I simply cannot wait. I think it's going to be in February, and that's that's February too far. It, do, it does ring a bell. Um, it's a it's a series of books, three books. Uh, Altered Carbon being the first book, uh, with the main character called Takeshi Kovacs, but it's set in the the far flung future where people are able to download themselves into newer and better bodies. So in in effect being immortal um that's the basic free conceit. jack the tv series <laughs> but better um interestingly oh, come on, <laughs> interestingly they've got uh, a very handsome leading man in john mckinnon who played uh, was in the robocop but he's also oh, yes. in he was the he is the antagonist in house of cards most yes. recently um which is interesting because that doesn't quite gel with how Takeshi Kovacs is described. He doesn't look at Takeshi. No, well, this is, and this is it because you're downloaded into a new body. You, he suddenly wakes up and goes, "Oh, this is what I look like now." But as was pointed out by my wife, there is a chance that he doesn't have his shirt on, so that's going to make it okay. And I think there's going to be a little bit of eye candy girls, so that's going to help the boys out. We're going to go. Let's down, let's binge watch Altered Carbon. This guy gets his shirt off. Oh, all right. Yeah, if I yeah, must. Yeah, and if I must. And look, boys. You know, if you like looking at a handsome man, you can't get much wrong with John McKinnon. He's, he's quite the. Uh, he's no Al- quite a dashing figure. He's no Alexander Skarsgård, but but you know, who is? Who is? Well, um, there's another one called The Chai, and I believe it's I believe it's The Chai because it, it's short for Chicago, and, and I understand we call Chicago Chai Town. Um, fresh off her Emmy win, uh, we've got Lena White for Masters of None. Now, anyone who hasn't checked out Master of None. It's got Aziz Ansari and Lena White. It's a fantastic show. Fantastic show. Um, so this is a coming-of-age one, people coming into the south side of Chicago. 
Um, why why did I like it? Well, probably because it's it's gonna have if it's got anything like Master of None, it's gonna have that slightly off kilter, hippish sort of humor that's gonna uh, self deprecating humor. So I'm sort of looking forward to that one. Um, I'm looking forward to this next one simply because of the cast. Nine one one. It's coming out in January. Uh, it's got Peter Krause of Sports Night fame. Love the Krauser. Uh, Angela Bassett, because let's face it, oh. he doesn't love a little bit of Angela Bassett. But as soon as I say this name, you're going to know why. It's got Connie Britton in it. I am in. <laughs> I am fucking it's got down Co- like Charlie Brown. It's got Brown. Tammy Taylor in it. It's got, Coach, it's got Mrs. Coach Taylor. Yeah. I am fucking sold. So I'm not even going to tell you what the rest of it's about. Don't need to. Because she's in it. Don't need to. Black Lightning is coming to the CW. Now the CW are doing huge things, right? Is, this has got to be a black exploitation show. No, it's a, well, he's a black black. Uh, <laughs> he's a, a he's a black lightning, a metahuman with the ability to harness electricity. The reason I like it is I like the idea of it. Is I'm going to give it a go. Now I don't watch The Flash. I don't watch Arrow. I don't watch Supergirl. And the reason being is I gave up on them about season two. So I. I need to catch up on The Flash, but I actually dig The Flash. The Flash I, is a show that I quite, quite enjoy. I dig them, but I just... I, I like There's a, only so many TV watching hours in a day. <laughs> there is. And I've really got to triage some of those. And, and I did say I did use that word. I had to triage. Yeah. Um, Roseanne's coming back. Yeah. Which will be interesting because they're bringing back all the old players, including the two Beckys, though Sarah Chalk. <sighs> Well, Sarah Chalk, who played Becky, mm. she second, was second time Becky. Yeah. She was second Becky, second best Becky. She's going to be a brand new character. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested in this one simply because Roseanne finished with the whole "it's all a dream." Because Dan died. Dan didn't he? died. Well, but yeah. Well, that's well just in, it. in the dream. Dan. Yeah. Died. So. Spoilers, kids. So anyway, we've got that one coming up. I'm going to give it a look. Yeah. I'm going to give it a look. Uh, this one, I like. I've got now. See, I hate Sean Penn in every way, shape, or form. But I cannot deny that Sean Penn is an amazing actor. Yeah, like so, it's a reverse Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, and actually, that's not fair. Tom Hanks is an amazing actor too. But as as loyal listeners would know, I went through a real Hanks hate phase, oh, yeah. and it was simply because I didn't like Forrest Gump, and apparently because I didn't like don't like Forrest Gump, I'm a fucking cunt. Um, and that I and then I would be mercilessly teased by one of our loyal listeners that cunt knows who he is too. Because he would continually remind me that I cried in Philadelphia, which I didn't. I didn't cry in Philadelphia. And I hope he's listening what? to this in how? the gym and he drops a fucking bench press bar on his chest listening how, to it. How, how do you not cry in Philadelphia? I didn't cry. I didn't happen to cry in Philadelphia. You, I, I think it's a beautiful you movie. Heartless monster. It's a beautiful film. I enjoyed it. My girlfriend at the time was crying. And when she was crying, I said, Oh, are you? Yes. I'm, and I pretended to, Oh, I'm wiping away tears as well. Boom. So anyway, that cunt knows who he is. I'm not even going to name him. I should name and shame him, but I'm not. No. But, you know, because fucking, I don't know. Anyway, fuck that guy. I didn't cry in Philadelphia. You so know anyway, who you, we're not going to name him, but you know who you are, Mustang Fan 27. Yeah. <laughs> um, so House of Cards creator Bo Willman is making a space drama with Sean Penn. And it was it was straight to series. Wow. Straight to series. Eight episode. Netflix. Human. Yeah, Hulu. Okay. First human mission to Mars. And my favorite part of it all is it's got Natasha Meckelhorn in it. Oh. I know. My wife's like going, who? Um, the Karen from Californication. 
She's like, oh, her. Yes, her. Yeah, her. Um, she, well, we, we, we've loved her since uh, Ronan. Oh, we've just loved her, just nonstop. Yeah. Uh, so that's called The First. I'm going to jump a couple here because everyone's going to be fucking sick of listening to me. To the one that I'm least looking forward to, but I'm going to have to watch at least one episode of it, Krypton. And it's got your boyfriend, David S. Goya, who wrote The Dark Knight, which we all know you love so much. Uh, <laughs> Me and the other 99.9% of the fucking movie-going world. Overrated. It is set, set, <laughs> is set two generations before the destruction of Krypton. It follows Superman's grandfather. Um, he's trying to redeem the House of L. Um, but it's also going to jump somehow into the past and present and feature other comic heroes such as Hawkwoman and Adam Strange. Yeah, yeah um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I heard about this and I'm yep. like, uh, really? Yeah. Look, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But I'm going to watch one episode of it. Yeah, but... Uh, it's not... It's Unless it grabs me in the first episode, it's not going to get my usual five-episode watch. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to preemptively put it in the Gotham box <laughs> as shit that I'm just not interested in. Did you have you ever seen any episode of I've Gotham? I've seen one episode of Gotham, yeah. <laughs> and I got so annoyed with the hey, hey, look, see, see who this person is? Yeah, you see what we did there? Yep. fuck, we're clever. Like, yep. You're right, go fuck yourself. You aren't clever at all. So, yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm specifically really looking forward to Alton Carbon. I'm, I, I just, I, oh my god, I, I think I just orgasm just thinking about it. Um, so much so, I'm actually rereading the entire series, I'm binge reading before I binge watch. Isn't that just called reading? Yeah, but my, I'm, I'm, that's all. I've put every other book that I'm reading. Oh. I usually have two or three books on the go. Hmm. And, you know, I have a toilet book. Penthouse Letters does not count as a book. <laughs> so I have, okay, so I have two books on the go. So I have a toilet book and I have a book that I read before I go to bed. And then there's the book that I just sort of pick up and read during the day. Um, well, I've, I've eliminated all of those books and I'm just reading the one book. Right. Book series. Best and Worst of 2017. So I'll I'll start with the best. Yeah, five to five to one. There's probably going to be a theme in there somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably now. Yes. Now, now. <laughs> so my number five best movie of the year, mm-hmm. Spider Man. Okay. Uh, this one was close. Yep. I almost put in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Wonder Woman quite a lot. Yep. But ultimately, Wonder Woman suffered from the two biggest problems of superhero movies, origin story syndrome, and because the story was told in flashback, lack of any real stakes. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, Spidey got the Guernsey. And also um, Steve Trevor was the hero, not Wonder Woman. But let's that, Yeah, that did bother me a, a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So Spidey got the Guernsey here at number five. Just a good, fun superhero action film. With the best Peter Parker we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I made that statement uh, when I saw Civil War, and I, I stand by yeah. it. He is absolutely what I expect from a from a Spider-Man. The bad guy, I loved Michael Keaton. I mean, how can you not love it's Michael Keaton? Keaton? That's how much you loved it. Yeah, I, I love him so much, I sneeze. Um, great little twist with the daughter. Yep. Um, if I had to give it a complaint... Um, it pushed the happy joke too far. Yep. It was a bit too much happy, but a really solid entry in the Marvel canon, and I'm glad they were able to work things out with Sony. 
Yes. Well, I've actually got that in my list as well. So I should. I'll just comment as well. The only thing that that uh, I don't. I didn't order them. I said in no particular order. Um, but Spider-Man: Homecoming, I think, is the best of all the Marvel movies so far. I've said that. I think absolutely. The only quibble I have with it is the suit. Is a little bit Iron Man two point. And I understand that he says, well, if you don't have the, if you can't operate without the suit, you're not nothing, and or you're you're nothing. And I appreciate the MacGuffin, but I didn't like the suit. It was talking to him. It was doing. It added for some great comedic moments. That was my quibble. I just didn't like the suit. Spider-Man's suit doesn't talk to him. You know, and I kind of wanted him to build it. Yeah. Because that's one of the cool things about yeah, no, Peter Parker. I, I can see that, yeah. But anyway, your next one? Um, next one? It. Ah, so I didn't see this. Now, this is this this one had a lot to live up for yep. for me. This is, if not my absolute favourite, then one of my absolute favourite books. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely up there with Magician and the other. The so favourite book or sta- favourite Stephen King book? Favourite book. Oh, okay. Right on. Um, right up there. And I think I'm in the, also in the minority of not loving the Tim Curry miniseries. Yep. I thought it was weak. I didn't think it, it did much. But and, and even though this film only tells half the story, um, if you're not familiar with it, if you've never read the book, it's kind of broken up into two segments, the kids and then them as adults. It only told the kids' story. Um, and But no, it, it captured the essence of, of what the Stephen King book was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a healthy amount of fan service um, in some of the scenes, um, not obnoxiously so. Like if you w- didn't know what you were looking for, like it wouldn't be slapping you in the face. Um, the kids were great. Um, they all did. They had some of the Stranger Things cast in there. Uh, I think one, one of them. One of them. Okay. One of them. Um, but That's yeah. a fucking great TV show, yeah. isn't it? Stranger Things. Okay. Anyway, sorry, you go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, a, a great. I think a great horror movie yep. on its own merits. Um, made all the sweeter for me by its faithfulness and how well it honoured the source material. Yeah, so that that didn't appear on any of my lists solely because I'm I'm just not interested. It's just not my jam. Um, I would I would like to say that I could go and watch it just because of it. I'd appreciate its cinematic value and whatnot. But I just I I actually just genuinely don't like horror, horror movies. I don't like movies that frighten me or make me. And I I definitely don't want to be in a cinema and squeal like a little bitch. Um, so I grabbed one of mine I grabbed uh, Logan since I'm on the superheroes thing I expect you've probably got it as well um, or if not it would be an honourable mention uh, if uh, uh, how do you describe Logan it was just simply an amazing film even without the superhero stuff and then add that superhero element and it became even better yeah. uh, we see a broken down uh, Hugh Jackman delivering the again I had a little complaint where I thought initially up front we had too much swearing um, and the whole in so far as because obviously I'm I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a fan but in so far as oh look at us we're swearing now look at us we're swearing now I felt a little bit put in a little bit since Deadpool did so well so like suddenly you've got yep. Charles Xavier going oh fucking this and fucking that but then anytime you hear Patrick Stewart say fuck it's a fantastic oh, it's a, it's day a in the good world day, good day to be alive um, so just as a movie in general I just thought Logan was spectacular yeah. and uh, a fitting end to that character yeah uh, Logan was my number one oh was it okay of, of the yep. year um, yeah again and I think I made the same, the note that I made about it was I think what you started off with it's a great movie mm. because it's great Without the superhero stuff, exactly right. Um, yeah, so and that's a, most superhero comic movies can't do that. No, um, it was great without it. Patrick Stewart, I'm to be honest, I'm annoyed that he hasn't been nominated for anything for his for mm. for Xavier. I think he was 
gave the performance of a career. I think this is yeah the perfect way to end it. Yep. Um, and I'll be honest, I uh, I will admit to a manly tear at the oh, end. Fantastic when, when she turns the cross yeah. into the X. Yes, and, and, fantastic. Uh, but no, exceptional, when, exceptional. When film. when Charles Xavier's fuck spoilers, oh. man, fuck it. When he's doing his his soliloquy, his apology. I'm sorry, Logan. I did, and then gets killed, obviously yeah. by fake Logan. That's that's oh. an acting. That's a, yeah. that's an acting class there. Um, so n- drifting away from superhero movies, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I didn't see it, and that's yeah, unfortunately that's a shame because unless they do a revival somewhere, and they probably will, it is absolutely it needs to be seen. It is the most self indulgent crap you've ever seen in your entire life. That is absolutely pitch perfect. It's incredible. I've never, I've never, I've never. I'm not hate watching a movie, but I'm looking at it going. Um, in the hands of anybody other than Denis Villeneuve, this would be an absolute self-indulgent wank fest that people would just shit on incessantly. Instead, what we have is a nuanced, stunning follow-up to a movie that many people would absolutely believe could not be followed up on. Uh, I'd, I'd almost go so far as to say if I were to rank that would be my number one pick for the year 2049 um, it's going to be look, it's going to look good on home entertainment because of course we've got 4k TV now and whatnot but if you ever get an opportunity if they do a back to back go and watch Blade Runner but make sure you stay awake and don't have to go out and piss for Blade Runner 2049 it's a fantastic film excellent just one of those things that I would have loved of to course. have gotten to just I, couldn't quite I completely understand yeah, there's no such thing as free time no. with, with, as a parent, especially when there's a young child in the house. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Uh, I missed this one at the cinema, which is a shame because I think it would have, uh, even just from a sound point of view, I think it would have been an amazing film to see in the cinema. But a fantastic music-driven crime flick with some of the best stunt driving I've seen outside of Ronan. Yep. Um Great performances by Angel Elgort as uh, as the titular baby, with a great supporting cast: John Hamm, John Berenthal, and Jamie Fox, um, and some. Okay, I'm <laughs> uh, uh, but a fantastic movie um, by Edgar Wright, and um, I think we have to, in a way, thank Marvel for this movie for for firing, well, for for parting ways with Edgar Wright over yeah. Ant Man. Uh, as it gave him the ability to finally make this film, which he's had in his head for 20 years. I fucking loved it. Whereas I didn't. I watched it and I thought of shit. I've got to be honest with you. I thought the music choice, the the soundtrack, was brilliant. And yes, I agree with pretty much everything you say. It had some quirky moments, had some brilliant driving in it and whatnot. I just didn't... I couldn't buy into the premise of the movie. And that's where you have to do that. And you have to bite hard into it. And I couldn't. I didn't get it, and I didn't think that the lead guy was terribly charismatic. So, unfortunately, he made that's interesting because you've got him on your best list. That made my worst list for the awesome. year. So that's that's a nice little. And, and uh, you know, it's not your fault that you have no taste in movies. You, that's fine. You haven't had much. To, look, you haven't been able to go out <laughs> see quality cinema. <laughs> so, so you're saying it, it, so you're saying even though it's it's shit it has to be on my top 5 list just by just by math alone 
<laughs> Look, I get it. I've, I've read the reviews. I the, Obviously, reviewers saw something I didn't. You saw something I didn't. I couldn't buy in the premise of the movie. I couldn't buy the conceit of the movie. And as such, it just seemed to me com- complete contrived bullshit. Um, but I, I, I would urge, like we do all the other uh, other times, go out and make up your own mind, motherfuckers. Like we're just, yep. you know, and you'll see that I'm right. John Wick two made my best movies. Now, uh, this was actually a toss up between Get Out or John Wick two, and I'm going to go with John Wick two solely because you don't like black people. I don't like black people. <laughs> we need to edit that. <laughs> No, fuck it. Leave it in. It's fine. Um, no, well, neither did the people in Get Out, mind you. <laughs> they didn't like black people a lot. John Wick 2 did something that I usually find extraordinarily frustrating in a film, is it broke its own rules. And that's what I liked about it. It's a straight-up actioner. It continues straight along. It does everything it's supposed to do, but it establishes a very firm, very hard rule from the very first movie that we saw, John Wick, and then it breaks it. And so now when we come into John Wick 3, all bets are off. And that's why it had to creep up in there. Yeah. Um, I have it. I haven't watched it. Uh, to be honest, it was only a couple of months ago I watched John Wick 1. Yep. Fucking loved it. Isn't it an amazing movie? It's, it's just a... It's yeah. so... It's so simple. Mm-hmm. But something simple executed flawlessly. Yep. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I want to see it. I also want to see Get Out. They're movies that I that I have. It's yep. just, again, I, well, of, of interestingly, time. with John Wick, it's directed by stunt coordinators, mm. so that's why that action in it is so unbelievably good. And what's what's even more amazing is how much of it Nanu does himself. Yes, he's, yes. You, you watch some of the training videos, yep. and he's just a machine. He's a machine. I yeah. mean, he's never going to be an actor, <laughs> but he's an amazing performer in action films. <laughs> oh whoa <laughs> it's a bit harsh but sure i love it who have you got who's your five who's your whoa. last one <laughs> um rounded out with thor ragnarok okay um this is up there with my favorite marvel movies i don't know mm-hmm. if it's number one but it's it's awfully fucking close uh taika watiti has made the funniest film of the year and has wrapped it up in a superhero suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hemsworth relishes, relishes the change of pace from the stodgy, laboured, wannabe Shakespearean, particularly of the second mm-hmm. uh, Thor standalone movie. Ruffalo has a great time as Banner, and we have never seen Jeff Goldblum more quintessentially Goldblum. <laughs> um, no, a, a fantastic movie. Got to be honest, I think the letdown, the, the weak point in it is Kate Blanchett. I think she's a bit bite your fucking tongue. <laughs> I love I love Kate Blanchett. Yep. I'm an Australian. I, I know I've just committed treason. I know. I'm pretty, but, sure, uh, pretty sure there's fucking yeah. People but I, I absolutely fucking love this movie. To be clear, um, uh, ACOP Nate's views do not represent the ACOP <laughs> community by large. Uh, but but the MVP of the movie is director uh, Watiti's own performance as Korg. <laughs> who steals every scene he's in with an amazingly dry, very New Zealand, very Australian humour. Piss off, ghost. Yeah. Isn't this all right? As long as you're not scissors. <laughs> it's Why it's you like, it's like a, very, a very gentle Jake the Mus. <laughs> um, so my round, my, the one that rounded out for me, which will come as a surprise to many, many people, I am sure, La La Land. I don't like musicals. It is the lowest form of, of 
of entertainment just to step up from mime. Unless it's JC Superstar. Uh, unless it's JC Superstar. So there are a few notable exceptions, and I'm putting La La Land in that. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are not, uh, are absolutely no Fred Astaire or Ginger Rogers. Um, their singing hits and misses a little bit off, but their sweetness, their online, their online, their on-screen chemistry, uh, the story is great. The but from the opening number. I, I think I've turned to my wife and said, and the Academy Award for for Best Picture goes to, and I was right. For, a, for about two minutes. <laughs> hey, I didn't, I, I didn't say they were going to keep it. Um, I loved La La Land. It was perfect. It was an amazing film. Um, so I've got a couple of honorable mentions that yep. I thought I'd throw in there. So Wonder Woman, honorable mention. Again, Steve Trevor was the hero. Yep. That's a problem. Atomic Blonde, a female John Wick. Yes. Get into it. Get Out, which we mentioned. Now, one of the reasons Get Out didn't quite make it up to the top is because, uh, I will be completely honest with this, some of the subtext was lost on me because I have not grown up in a country where racism is so as utterly, uh, what I, could we say, epidemic or intrinsic. in yep. there, are, there are some things that I think as, a, as growing up in Australia that we would walk past and go, I don't think that's racist because we just wouldn't know because we don't have that history. We don't have that yep. back catalogue. So that that would be a good way to put it. So in so in so far, some of the some of the parts of it just went. Oh, I actually don't quite get this. But as, and as, and it did drop into a little bit of cliche. Uh, War of the Planet of the Apes rounds out the Planet of the Apes series quite nicely. Thor is in there. Ghost in the Shell. But my shit films. Did you get any shit films, or were you just happy with? I your, just I just went with good films. So my oh. shit films. The ones I could not handle, and, and Dark Tower was just so abysmally fucking shit house. I can't even. Oh my god! And I wanted it to be good because it's got Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Justice the, League. The two people that you want to play you <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justice League. I was bitterly disappointed in Justice League. It had some moments. It had some. I've seen it twice now, and because I thought maybe I was in a bad mood the first time I saw it. I still think Ben Affleck is the best Batman we've seen on screen, and I know again that's that's treasonous, treasonous in some instances, but it it to me it really stunk of two directors, yeah. and again I'm on record of saying I like the dark DC take on things. I don't want to go. I will go and see a Marvel movie when I want humor and whatnot. I will go and see a DC movie when I want to be a little bit depressed, <laughs> uh, you know. But depressed because not just because the movie is so shit. Yeah, I mean, if we can excuse, if if there's any way to excuse Martha Gate from Batman and Superman, I don't Batman vs Superman. I don't think there is. But I I I like Zack Snyder's take. The problem with Zack Snyder is he he has set pieces that he just rushes to get to, and that does not not a film make. Um, was and, Suicide Squad this year? I don't. Oh, I fucking hope. I think it was twenty sixteen. Okay, that was just horrible. Why? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you bringing the tone? Because I wanted. Because I wanted to. I wanted to say that there was. I'd seen something shit. Oh, I want to be one of the cool. I don't kids. even really want to admit that I've seen Suicide. I watched Suicide Squad on two times speed. I think, uh, and the final one for me. <laughs> to be to be to be clear, he still saw it in the cinema. He just saw it on speed. <laughs> no, fortunately, I can say I saw a, a copy of that one. Alien Covenant, I guess, was just horrible. 
and the reason I put these on the worst list is I actually wanted them to be better than they yeah. were. So, I'm, so standalone they were probably ordinary, but they didn't live up to expectations. Yeah, they, they absolutely. Been, it's, it was disappointment more than. Well, yeah, Baby Driver is on that list simply because I didn't get it. I didn't. I not. I didn't get it because that makes me sound like I don't understand simple cinema. Um, he he drives a car. Pretty fucking simple cinema. Um, you know, it was just drive with a better soundtrack. And I've got two movies that weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. And that one will come as no surprise as you, and that's The Mummy. <laughs> I didn't think The Mummy was as bad as everybody made out it was. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and just remind, refresh my memory. Who's the star of The Mummy? That would be Mummy? Tom Cruise. Tom right. Cruise is the star of The right. Mummy. Yep, okay, yep. cool. But that has nothing to do with it. I no. objectively looked at this film. Of course. Uh, and Kong, Skull Island. Yep. I thought there was going to be in a shit show and I, I enjoyed the shit out of it I loved every minute of it All right. so there you go <laughs> brings us into the review it does it's, this is the uh, this is what you've all stuck around for an hour and change to, to hear yep. Well, it won't be an hour change no. by the time you edit, but, you know, all the all your bad bits out. Yeah, that'd be fine. Uh, excellent, thanks for that. <laughs> um, so, the last, right. the last Jedi, the last Jedi, the last Jedi. Oh, we're not going to do. Well, are we going to do the Jedi? <laughs> the last Starfighter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, sorry. No, no, no. The last I Tango in Paris. I don't think this joke's going to work. <laughs> we had, yeah, no. And one of the rare moments of attempting to workshop a joke. <laughs> um, so The Last Jedi, I, as I have called my review, the good, the not so good, and the downright what the fuck. I'm not going to... Ryan Johnson, written and directed by Ryan Johnson of Looper fame and other story, uh, other movies, I'm sure. Uh, I don't actually know what else Ryan Johnson's <laughs> done, to be honest. I just know it was Looper. Yeah. And that was, that was the main one. I think yeah. on the strength of Looper, he got this film. Yeah. He didn't do Chronicle, did he? Oh, I hope so, because then I really like him now. Anyway, it's starring everybody, but it's unfortunately, it's the last film appearance of Carrie Fisher, unless they do uh, something. No, which, yeah. Well, I've been. Uh, we have been assured that she's not going to appear in episode eight, in episode nine. So, as we said, spoilers. So, spoiler on. Yeah. So, sound the the spoiler klaxon now. Yeah. Um. So, we've got. So Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Poe Dameron, oh no, Oscar Isaac's his real name, um, and everyone else. Look, Go look it up. It's an ensemble film, so there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people in it. From the opening crawl, I was invested in this film. So this is a bit of stream of consciousness. We've, we, the film lifts off uh, almost immediately after The Force Awakens ends. The rebels are being pursued relentlessly. They have to get they they scored a victory over the first order. However, they now have to get off that planet and get on their way. We've got Ray on Luke Skywalker's Arcto planet. Um, so and very much like Empire Strikes Back, we've got a scenario here where there's going to be multiple storylines running throughout. But from the opening crawl, I was invested, and this film really put down the hammer. The Resistance Rebellion are even more hounded and hunted with relentlessness and some of the relentlessness that the original trilogy uh, lacked. I think the closest that we've got is when Han, in Empire Strikes Back, when Han is trapped 
on the asteroid and it's just that constant bombing that's the that's sort of the relentlessness here the 150 minute runtime rocketed along and even the quieter moments with luke and ray were so jam-packed full of exposition that you barely notice though i do suspect upon repeat viewings uh that's probably where you'll pop up and make yourself a cup of tea uh, there were moments of humor. Now, it was a lot of current humor, which I expect will rub some purists the wrong way. I, it rubbed me the wrong way initially. But if you go back and watch the original trilogy, the jokes, the in-jokes, the slang, and all of what uh, all of the, the, that was used in that time were period-specific. So go and ask your parents what they meant by that, and you will find that, oh, actually, you know what? That was kind of current at the time as well. Um, so I was happy to let it slide and, and had a bit of a chuckle, but there was a there was a word that I, or a phrase that I bumped on, in which Laura Dern's character, Admiral Vice Admiral, I think Hold Holdo, again I don't have the the specifics, says Godspeed. Now, I thought about that. I went, hang on a second, but Han says it's going to take a miracle, like twice in the original trilogy. So again, we're using common words, but in a in a place where May the force be with you. Godspeed really smacked on my ear and yeah, I'm quibbling. But anyway, it really hit hard. And I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. There's a little chicanery in this film. It lull, do you like that word, chicanery? That film lulls you into thinking that it's moving forward, where in actual fact is it's, you're going around in circles. For example, we have a once and it's gone dreadnought ship. They blow up one, which they only needed one bomber, so why send them all? But the, the short-lived resistance bomber, um, and then we have cannons, and then we, we end up with this battering ram gun at the end. Like, enough already. You have to keep blowing up the big bad. It's We, we get it. Move on. Um, and then all of a sudden, we've got the entire First Order's arsenal being carried on one ship, and I appreciate it. It was Snoke's flagship, but I, and also they've, they've got no base now, but fuck, they just seem to have a weapon just for everything at that precise time. It just made me feel a little bit getting... We're doing this again and again and again. So, Luke, I had a good-natured fight with a mate at work about Luke and about Luke being a coward, and I disagreed at the time. However, this film kind of makes that argument a little, argument a little harder to swallow. Luke has gone from a wide-eyed Jedi-to-be to Captain Cranky Pants and this curmudgeonly old prick. At first, I thought, okay, he's pulling a Yoda. He's ignoring Ray to prove she's not a Johnny-come-lately. But then we dive into it a bit more. And basically, no, he, he thinks that when he dies and the Jedi are gone, that's a good thing for the galaxy. Except that he knows that Kylo Ren is out there. Where is his obligation to stop him? We find out that Kylo was created in a moment of weakness on Luke's behalf. So where is the quest to bring him back or at least to stop him? This is the guy who faced down his father, not knowing if he had to kill him or not, and he did so willingly. Now he's hiding in a rock shack on an island. The Ray Kylo thing I thought was really, really good, and this was a great way to tell their stories, even though I hate flashbacks as a rule. I think they're lazy. I think these were really, really well done. And that brings me on to Kylo, that a lot of people, a huge complaint about Kylo is it is an emo crybaby. Um, I have never held that view. I think Adam Driver's performance is brilliant. It's nuanced, and here he continues to deliver. He's a boy who thought that Luke was going to kill him. His uncle, the legendary Luke Skywalker, was going to murder him. Then he suspects that Snoke is truly using him, only to find out that he is. And all the while, he's clearly conflicted. 
He's not a Sith Lord or any such. I believe he's truly a fallen Jedi and exactly what Luke was trying to prevent. I will say this, I'm invested in Team Rey. I think Daisy Ridley's performance is brilliant and she makes that character so real for me. I'm just, I'm so invested in everything Rey's got to say. Uh, so I'll step through a couple of things, again, bitstream contrasts, but Carrie Fisher. There was a lump in my throat that appeared when we first heard her voice and then they fake kill her. <laughs> um, and I teared up and I figured that was it. It sucks that her and Luke didn't get her reunion, but then they bring her back from space. I know that people can actually survive small periods of exposure to space, uh, but the no. Uh, and Leia's affinity with the Force is established as her being able to sense shit, uh, not survive a direct hit on the bridge, being sucked out into space and not die. I honestly think that that was the worst moment I've seen in any film, let alone a Star Wars flick. I did, however, cry when Luke hands her the dice. That moment and John Williams' score just hit me right in the feels. And again, I think I probably would have even cried had Carrie's, this not been Carrie's last film. What breaks it off now is knowing that we have to wait until the next film to see her die, or at least hear about it. And knowing that episode 9 was going to be her episode, with 7 being Harrison Ford's, 8 clearly being Mark Hamill's, and 9 being hers, it's cruel what they did. And I think it was a huge mistake. Yet again, we see the great potential wasted in the character of Phasma. I, when I saw the clips in the trailer that Finn and her were facing off, I thought, great, time to make amends for the waste that was The Force Awakens. And she's just a complete waste of time. Are we supposed to think, this is this, and I want to see it again, I will see it again. Are we supposed to think that Rose and her sister were once kids on that casino planet that were doing the, the looking after the... Sp- I, I, I couldn't quite get what she was getting at there. Um, and then they didn't have a signal strong enough to reach the rebel bases, but they could suddenly just dial up Maz Kanata. Like, is she on the rebellion fucking Rolodex or something? I, I feel like I'm quibbling, but these things really struck out as, as problems with this film. And further... Uh, as I said, the, the, why why did they not just try one rebellion outpost at a time? They had hours before they, they they mentioned it. That whole sequence was great, but it, you know the cheesy. Oh, it was great to see that place destroyed. Was just ugh. Uh, which brings me to the complete waste of time that was the inclusion of Rose. There's there was no point to her character at all, and I have to be honest that there's probably a love story here between her and Finn, and that shits me beyond belief. And the reason I do that shits me is because she's Asian. And that smacks us that typical thing that we see in Hollywood movies time and time again, that it's all right for characters of non-white or, or color to get together, but we're not allowed to see characters who are of color mixed with white people. So it's not that she's Asian. It's not that I've got a problem with people of color, but it was pretty clear that his Finn's first line is, where's Ray? Like, I know we're not supposed to be shipping a love story here, but I kind of got the real impression here that Ray and Finn were going to hook up. And I'm probably, it just hit me really hard that I went, crap, you're really going to make it so that it's okay. So the first on screen kiss we see with Finn is going to be with an, another woman of color. I've a problem with that. Should have been Poe. <laughs> well, I'm okay with that. I think the greatest love story there could have been Poe, Finn, and, 
and Ray. But did you get what I mean? Like it's it's it seems to be a, a trope. I mean, ever since Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, but it's been a trope for a long time. It's perfectly acceptable for people of color to get together. We can socially palate that, but we're not going to. Um, no, that's bullshit. That's such bullshit. And I just pissed it off. It pissed me off. And now it looks like they're going to try and ship Poe and Ray, and he's Guatemalan anyway. No, nope, 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 nope. Back to Rose. Finn's Neo sacrifice was great, and I completely brought into it. I thought, this is brilliant. There's no way he's going to be saved. What an amazing way to go, and this is exactly the sort of character arc I like to see. He's gone from a self-destructive, selfish, doesn't give a shit about the First Order of Resistance, he just wants to get out with Rey, and now he's seeing what's happening, and he has to step up the formation of the Rebellion, he sees what people are prepared to do against insurmountable odds, and he makes the decision that he was going to sacrifice himself. That would have been epic. And then out of nowhere, he gets saved. And we didn't need it. We just didn't need it. It's written in big font. Um, and also, so Finn worked on sanit- sanitation on the Starkiller base and on Snoke's flagship, because that's where they're not. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Del Toro's character is what? The new Lando? like i didn't buy it he should have been smoked as soon as he revealed a way to spot the rebels no ship that has a cloaking device but any no ship that small has a cloaking device um it would have been a great first order moment but no they give him a ship and you know and i get you shouldn't introduce a character just to kill them straight away which brings me to laura dern who i'd torn because i think she's an amazing actress but her character just existed to die um and what she did could have been served better by a character that already existed. I'm thinking maybe the fucking Admiral Akbar, the 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 fucking champion of, of the Battle of Endor. That light speed ship as a weapon, quite possibly one of visually one of the best scenes I've ever seen in my life. Um, the, why haven't we seen that before? Just like when Han can suddenly jump his ship into the light speed underneath some shields. It's a bit lazy. Um, I'm really glad that Ray's parents weren't anyone. I really am. I, they didn't need to be. Uh, I think not everything needs to be wrapped up in a bow. Snoke states straight up that when Kylo's power grew, the Force basically created his equal to confront him. And speaking of Snoke, Snoke's dead as fuck. <laughs> um, and now Kylo has taken over. And I dig it. And I think that Snoke going out like that was fucking amazing. Like That's, that's like, holy shit. Um, and I've always said I don't give a fuck. I don't want Snoke to be somebody, but I kind of would have liked to have known who that nobody was. I think that was a bit of a wasted story. Um, Luke's last stand uh, was a complete fake out, and I'm going to say it was a complete cop out. He Obi Wan'd it when he walked into that rebel base on the you know the eighth ending of the film. I thought he's here to join the rebellion. He's going to lead them out. This sets up Episode Nine. Then he walks outside and I've got his earlier words echoing, you think I'm going to face the entire First Order with a laser sword, words words to that effect. I'm thinking, holy shit, Luke's about to throw down. I figure he'd use the Force to smash the shit out of the First Order, go anime ninja scroll sideways running with his lightsaber, cut the fuck out of everyone, Hux and Kylo retreat, and bang, episode 9, here we come. But instead, we get Kylo getting faked out by a Force projection, Luke the legend dies and becomes one with the forced, a wasted opportunity, and it left me feeling a little underwhelmed. And I have to be honest, I was very underwhelmed by this movie. It has some amazing set pro- set scenes. The throne room was amazing. Were they the Knights of Ren? Oh, Praetorian Guards. 
Right, okay. Because he mentions that, Luke mentions that Kylo took a handful of Jedi with him. And I thought, okay, well, if that's worth them, they were pretty happy to chop Kylo up into little bits. Um, and I'm just wondering if that'll be picked up later. The light speed ship attack again was incredible, and Chewie and the Falcon was so good. Like that's it. some action sequence was amazing. I had some very big expectations of this film, as I did with the Force Awakens, but I believe that movie delivered, and this didn't. I'll see it a few more times, and maybe I'll revise my views. But honestly, so far, this is my least favorite of the non prequel films. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I, I love the Force Awakens. Yep. Um. I know a lot of people thought it was maybe less than less than great, um, but in a lot of ways, it is a new coat of paint on your parents' house. It's familiar, it's a bit prettier, but you've been there before. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of concern that this movie was just going to be uh, a fresh kind of paint on Empire, mm-hmm. and it absolutely was not. Mm. It was th- there were there were moments where you thought, oh, this is getting a bit Empirey. Um, but it, it managed to, to be its own yeah. to be its own film. Um, I think were, I think it had some nods, some nice nods to Empire yeah. without actually being Empire. Yeah, um, there were some just some, some notes that I, I made. Obviously, yep. saw it today, so I haven't had time to, to really sure. to really process it in in depth. Um, I Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Um, I one for one, I would have expected an admiral to wear a uniform. Um, <laughs> The the light speed thing. Why did it take fifteen ships for it to some like them blowing yeah. up fifteen ships to suddenly realize? Oh, I should fucking do something. Mm. Um, that that annoyed me. I was fully expecting Leia to um, to stun her and then take the place on the ship. Yeah, if she and talk about a fitting send off. Oh. That that would have been. Beyond perfect. Yeah, and and now, like I said, I'm worried. How do they deal with Carrie slash Leia in the next film? Yep. Uh, if I mean, if it's just in the fucking crawl of Episode Nine, you know, Leia what? Organa is dead. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fucked. That's horrid. Um, so I, I have concerns about what's going to happen happen there. And yet they've um, said they're not doing it. They're not digitally they're, they're altering not it. I don't know. Yeah. So unless they've got stuff that they've used in this film, that yep. they that, who knows. Um. So yeah, so Leia, yeah, Leia suddenly being able to use the force to pull herself back to the ship was a little bit, a little mm. bit on the nose. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, yeah, the the fake out with the with the force projection, um, I picked it straight away because yep. he came in with a darker, younger beard. Yep, I was like, that's not that's not right. And a blue lightsaber. Yeah. It's like yeah, we'd already seen his green one, so we knew he had the green lightsaber. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah that that while while an awesome scene, mm. I thought was uh, yeah telegraphed a little too much. Yeah, um, if it had been Luke looking like Luke looked, I think it would have worked yeah. better. And then they could have given it away with the the foot scrape. Yeah, not not kicking up dust. Yeah. I think personally, I think that that would have worked. That would have worked better. Um, I am more convinced than ever that Snoke is Darth Plagueis. Okay, and I, I think we'll see him in the thir- in the last film. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. So, it's yeah. It's again. I I agree that I don't. We don't need him to be anything. I think they dealt with the Ray 
parentage perfectly. That's, that's great. That's that is amazing. the best way to do that. Because, yep. again, they'd been telegraphing it all the way that she was a Skywalker. Yeah. Well, especially um, when they do Luke and Leia talking to one another, mm. and then next off go, they switch to those two yeah. talking to one another. Yeah, it's like, oh, is this something the brothers and sisters can yeah. do? So, and, and less, unless Kylo was lying to her. It seems so, a bit. But, uh, um, and then how, how, do they, how does it stay the, Sky, the Skywalker saga? There's no more... Well, I, I guess Ben... Kylo is half a Skywalker. Yeah, um, and I, I liked the idea of it being during the movie. I thought, well, maybe this, maybe Ray has been a fake out. Maybe this whole thing is the Kylo Ren redemption story. And it could, and, have, and it still it could, could have be that the, yeah. the end movie could could do that. Um, well, I mean, he did. He had the opportunity. He didn't kill Leia. No, so and that was the conflict there. Yeah, but I, I kind of liked that idea. That's why I reckon when he says like no more Jedi no more Sith just you and I we're going to rule the galaxy yeah. I think he's I don't think he is a, a Sith Lord I think mm. he's a fallen Jedi I think yeah. he's a Jedi that uh, uses anger and all that sort of business so I think he's a fallen dude yeah um, beautiful beautiful film like beautifully made mm-hmm. visually stunning yep that fight in the in the throne room with the oh, Praetorian guard so good that was the fucking tits I yep. love that so hard that was such a such a good such a good way. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Luke as much was a cop out. I okay. thought it. Yeah. I thought it was a nice way to to round out his his arc. Yep. Um, but he'll be back. In, he'll be back as a Force Ghost. Well, and here's and, the and thing. How, and how is the Force Ghost? Yoda was surprisingly um, corporeal. Corporeal. Yeah, I just think. I I liked that though. That was the yeah. one of the few moments of the movie that I went, "Oh my god, fucking Yoda!" Yeah, and even Yoda's like, "Come on, Luke!" Yeah, like, being a little bit. Fuck's sake, yeah. where was he twenty years ago? Thirty years ago, you know. Um, and did you notice that those books, the Jedi books, were yeah. in the storage thing at the end of the movie? No, so it must have been Yoda because Yoda says to Luke, "She already has what everything she needs." Yeah, and then next, oh, has she taken that? Had, yeah. Ah, I did. I didn't yeah. actually notice that. Um, the Jedi texts. Yes. Um, I thought the again back on the visual. I thought the the uh, the the scene on the salt planet was just fucking stunning, particularly the aerial shots with the yeah. streams behind. Beautiful, beautiful. When that trooper tastes the ground and goes mm, salty, yeah. If that doesn't get made into an X-wing GIF <laughs> and just put on every uh, every X-wing page, yeah. <laughs> salty. Uh, did you uh, and, and I showed just a bit of. Uh, Bit of inside baseball for for anyone that plays X Wing during the the bombing run. Did you think, oh, ordnance sailors? <laughs> I thought, are they just going to launch these spots, yeah. these bombs out? Um, oh. I loved Poe at the beginning when he's up in front of the ship. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm <laughs> holding for Hux. Holding. That yeah. I think that has got to be the funniest scene uh, in Star Wars. That's, Star Wars history. That's right up there with no. I'm fine. We're all fine here. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Um, closely followed by Chewie trying to eat a roast pork. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the most perfectly roasted pork yes. we've ever seen in our life, yeah. and, for sure. And as as for all the concerns, didn't hate the porks. No. Didn't no. hate the porks. I, I didn't think I was going to, no. to be honest. Uh, people were worried that they were going to be the new Ewoks. Yeah. But because they didn't actually take active part, they were just kind of there. And I like the way that when you looked in the Falcon, a porg had already nested in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, really? yeah. they're, they're to um, me like flying rats. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the fish nuns. <laughs> <laughs> they, they added some They added yeah. some nice levity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the porgs didn't. 
didn't bother me. I thought they were fine. What annoyed me was the crystalline fox just waiting to lead everyone out. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. I, I liked Poe's comment, though. How did he get in here? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, and then we find out later he was a force ghost, yeah. so he probably just appeared. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, the, the, the Chewy scene with yep. the, in the Falcon, that was awesome. That was that was badass. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'll, I'll see this film a, a bunch more times. So will um, I. Yeah, so will I. And I'll, I'll go in with a different mindset yeah. next time as well. At, you know? at, at the end, on the planet, mm-hmm. did that little kid force pull the mop into his hand? I think he did. I think he did. That's because kind of, that was kind of the point of that scene. Then, wasn't yeah, it? it's like you know what's going to well, happen. It's like, yeah, there's that, and also I think just the whole idea that he was telling the Luke Skywalker story, like the Luke, the legend of Luke. Luke yeah. is better as a legend who's dead, yeah. who died saving the Empire. <laughs> that was funny when he they blasted the shit out of everything. Whereas to me, you know, when they they all shot Luke, yep. he says fire every gun mm. on Luke. To me, I was actually waiting for that to smoke to clear. And him not to be there, and all of a sudden, you know, jump out of the fucking ground or something. Yeah, suddenly, like you know, they they cut to one of the AAT uh, ATATs, and you know, the lightsaber just comes up straight up through the green lightsaber mm. comes straight up through the cockpit and something. You know what I mean? Like he starts mm. leaping from at the AT yeah. because he killed one by himself with a grenade in his lightsaber in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Now he's Jedi Master Luke. Yeah. It could have been pretty uh, badass. Uh, a couple of things again, things that, just little nitpicky things that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Fucking. Did B- you not hear what I just said? <laughs> BB-8 piloting a uh, a walker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that. And again, yeah. what a fucking waste of a potentially great character in Phasma. Uh, Such a fucking. Surely waste. she's got to be back. Surely she survives uh, that. Who knows? And who she knows? comes back with some sort and of. And fucking apparatus. does something. Because uh. yeah, she. She could, yeah. Yep. Like she was, I, I thought she was going to be the Boba Fett. Yep. Like the ultimate badass. Oh fuck, here she is again. Yep. Um, I thought the beginning of the film when they're being hounded, uh, very reminiscent to me of uh, early Battlestar. Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Thirty three. So, yeah, and in, with the same thing. Well, fuck, everyone that we've got left is on these couple of ships. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and what do you think it might mean that the none of the resistance or rebellion outpost answered? Hmm. Don't know. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting. So, but I have no idea now what they're going to do in episode nine. Well, I, this See, felt uh, like out, a bit of a episode, finale. After episode seven, you knew what was coming. Yeah. You know, uh, Ray had found Luke. There was, um, you know, uh, Finn was fucked up and going to get get healed. There was going to be some shit go down with with. It. We don't know what's going to happen mm. now. You know, they've escaped. Is it? You know. Who knows? I mean, it's rebuilding the rebellion, and this is this is the tragedy of Carrie Fisher's death. Yeah, because the she should have been the one building the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, and she won't be the one now. And yeah. it's going to be Poe. It's going to be Ray. It's going to be, you know, and yeah, Luke advising as a forced ghost. Force ghost. Sure, I when Mark Hamill said that they were putting him through rigorous training and whatnot just for him to stand there and look intently at the end. Because he said that a lot, yeah. We had to go and get personal trainers and stuff. Um, I That's genuinely, fat. yeah, true. <laughs> I genuinely believe we were going to see Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, and Throw I think the fuck down. that would have been amazing. He's, you know, we've got and then Hux making the decision to get Kylo out of there, mm. and he could have just been, you know, and maybe then, maybe the final moment, 
could have been while they're escaping would be them just shooting the shit out of Luke, and that's the only way you could kill. Yeah. But we've seen, yeah, it just I just think it was wasted. Mm-hmm. I, when he fought Ray on the island, it's like, oh, here we go, here we go. She grabs a lightsaber. He's going to call his grip. Nope. I did like the fact that he he's the reason Kylo's Kylo. Yeah, that was nice. his moment of doubt and holy shit. And but then he looks down and goes, "No, like no, I'm not going to kill you." Yeah. And of course, Kylo feels ultimately betrayed. Yeah. Like that's you know, did he tell you what he did? Did he tell you what he did? Yeah. yeah. And but and again, there's no like even in those scenes, like they're talking about Snoke, mm. where we have no idea who the fuck Snoke was. Back Snoke then. had already gotten to him. He says like, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it's a Star Wars film. Yeah. It's it. it Unfortunately or unfortunately, it gets held to a higher standard. Yeah. Um, because of because of what it is, it can't possibly match match the hype. But whereas no. I felt the Force Awakens did. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem. The Force Awakens mm. went. Yeah. We've answered it all for you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I was I was pretty underwhelmed to be honest. So I'm going to line up and go and see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Because um, there were parts of it that that stood out that yeah. were really good, but. Unfortunately, unlike the Force Awakens, I'm not affectionately pulling this apart. I'm pulling yeah. it apart because I'm I'm disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there you maybe, go. Maybe it'll be like I was with Rogue One. I didn't dig on Rogue One when I first saw it. Yeah. I thought it was all right. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was spectacular. Watched it again like a month ago. Like, what the fuck was wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> but that's and look, that's true. Like Rogue One. They they just built on a really they got Force Awakens they've got Rogue One, I'm I want <laughs> I'm almost tempted to say well maybe they're lowering expectations for the Han Solo movie because I'm you know I don't know I was so looking for you know I took yeah. fucking annual leave for today yeah, yeah as, as, as did I yeah um, I mean it's gonna make a billion oh, dollars it'll make it'll easy it'll make all its money so and the uh, earlier I mean it's already ninety four percent on Metacritic and whatnot yeah. like everybody loves it yeah. Um, so I am now going to go back and see what it is that everybody saw in it because yeah. I was disappointed. Yeah. And I think it, it, it started with Leia force pulling herself back to the ship. Yeah, you think it, that's where it lost you? That's when I think it lost oh. me because I went, that's bullshit. But right. anyway, time will tell. And yeah. But we should wrap this. We should, bring, speaking of force pulling ourselves back <laughs> to the mothership, we should end this now. We should. So so thanks, folks, for, for sticking with us. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming if you're listening, then you've, like like a lot of people for the last two years, you've you've had a, a prick shaped hole in you. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> no, that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. fine. And we're here to fill it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, Twitter's probably the best way. I'm ACOP Nate, and I'm ACOP Woody. Um, don't know if the email address is is still <laughs> probably current. Oh, that's probably lapsed. Did we ever check it though? No. To be honest, uh, we are on Facebook though at ACOP Podcast Facebook page. That's uh, please come in and. And drop a like, drop a review, um, review us on iTunes when we yep. when this actually goes up. And uh, and thanks for sticking with us, fans. Yes, um, it's been obviously a year of of, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we'll get a bit more, uh, a bit more frequent. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand eighteen. Well, I'm gonna, I'm I'm just gonna say, good to be back. It is good to be good back. good to be back. Feels um, good. But if if nothing else, we'll uh, we'll see you in a year to talk about <laughs> Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> or worse, episode nine. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, I've been uh, a cop, Woody. I've been Nate, and, and we're, we're a couple, couple of, of pricks. pricks. It's just like fucking falling off a bike. <laughs>